Hello and welcome to the 108 podcast. We are stripping down life with type 1 diabetes from two people who live different versions of it every single day. Please remember type 1 together does not give medical advice. We are only sharing from personal experience. And today it is actually myself without Amanda, which is a little sad for me. First time doing it without her, but very exciting because I have another person joining me, Marissa, who happened to be my type one babysitter. (laughs) I can't believe I'm even saying that out loud, but um, the crazy part is that I have not talked to Marissa since she babysat me. How many years ago was that? I was trying to remember. It's been at least like 15 years. Isn't that insane? So I kind of purposely didn't want to catch up with you before because I thought it would be fascinating for people to hear this, like just raw and real. So um, first of all, Marissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for being here. And before we dive into our story, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been type one for, let's see, 31 years now. I'm 33 almost. And so I was diagnosed when I was two. Um, I'm a music teacher for kids. I teach violin, piano, and guitar. And um, yeah, just managing day by day with, with autoimmune stuff. Doing all the things. And you're in Dallas still, is that right? Yes. I'm okay. So for those of you who don't know, I'm originally from Dallas. And do you remember how we actually got connected? I think it was because we both went to the same school. Yes. Uh, we went to Green Hill. We went to Green Hill. And, and your mom was my music teacher. So now you're doing what your mom does. Your mom still teach music too? She's retired, but she's specifically said, like, tell her I said hi and send her my love because she remembers you so well. And she was like, oh, God, Raquel, like, I can't. <laughs> so well, yeah. I, I send her all my love. And my mom was freaking out too. She's like, please say hi. Oh, tell her, tell her mom hi and all the things. No. So it's so sweet. <laughs> um, okay. So. I don't even know where to start, but let's let's go back into your diagnosis story first. So tell us a little bit about what it was like being diagnosed at two, if you even remember anything, and like what devices you use now, how have things evolved for you? Well, so like being diagnosed in 93, it was, we were still using like N and R, the cloudy and the clear insulin. Like it was, it was not great it wasn't a good time to be a diabetic i mean it could have been worse you know we could have been diabetic in the 40s or something but um so yeah it was still a lot of shots i think i was one of the first kids in dallas to be put on an insulin pump i was nine years old and it was very like not cool for doctors back then to be on an insulin pump like they didn't they didn't like it Um, they didn't trust it probably right it was probably terrifying they didn't um and so I, so I don't really remember much about my diagnosis since I was so little, but my mom um, remembers the exact date. I think it was April 23rd, 1993. Um, And she actually had a babysitter who used to be a nurse. And she was like, hey, your daughter is like really going to the bathroom a lot. She's like flooding her, her baby diapers. And my mom was like, those are the ultra pampers. Like they have to be Mm -hmm. they have to be good enough like I can't believe she's flooding them and and she was like you know I I think she may need to go see a doctor and so I was really lucky that she was a nurse because I I think maybe I was like in the 300s when I was diagnosed and you know people can be yeah in the six and the eight whatever you know Mm -hmm. so I was really lucky that we caught it soon um but yeah and started shots checking blood sugars 
That was crazy. It's crazy that like we weren't diagnosed crazy far apart, but by the time I was diagnosed, I already was using different insulin and pumps. I think were definitely on the market. They weren't available for kids until I was think. I think I was like maybe six or seven when they were yeah. allowing kids to use them. But um, it's like things just evolve so so quickly, and yeah, it's just crazy to think how different it was even then. So okay, what are you using now? So right now I'm using the Dexcom G6 and then the Omnipod 5. And I only went on it. So it's been almost a year now, but it's like the coolest thing that I've ever experienced because, you know, I've been through all the different diabetes technology and this Mm -hmm. has been the only thing that's like talked to each other. And so it's been, I just feel like it's a miracle and I'm in so much better control than I've ever been. And I'm super grateful that that came out. Yeah, the Omnipod is amazing. I mean, I haven't used it, but I have so many friends and Amanda uses it for her daughter. And uh, I know it's pretty similar to the Tandem Control IQ system. So mm-hmm. that is great. And then what were you on? What was the first pump you were ever on? I bet these parents aren't even going to know what it what it is. It was a mini med. It okay. was the blue, like, I thought yeah, it was cool. It-, it was <laughs> blue and like really old. And then I went on, so I've been on so many different pumps. I've been on like the Animus. I don't even know if they have Mm -hmm. Animus anymore. No, they're gone, but I loved my Animus. Yeah. There was another one that was like purple and like see-through. Yeah. Yep. I think that was the Medtronic one maybe. I can't remember, but yeah, I've been on a a bunch of them. But Omnipod was my favorite. I think I I got on Omnipod when I was like 19 and just not having the tubing was life-changing because I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can wear dresses without having to figure out where the tubing and everything goes. Absolutely. So the funny thing about pumps is I was talking to my mom, like trying to see what she remembered about the times that you babysat for me. And I was like, she had a pump, right? And she was like, yeah, I really thought that she was going to help convince you to get a pump and you just did not want it even after seeing her wear it. No, I remember because I remember we would give insulin together, but it was, I think I actually like a couple of times I gave shots just because I was like, I want to be doing what Raquel does. So like, she's cool. like, she's wait, that's so cute. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. So take us from like the beginning of what you remember. If any, I don't know if I would remember anything at this no, point, no, but no. like, yeah, tell oh, us. <laughs> remember, like we just had so much fun and like, we would just check our bloods together and like do insulin together. And then I think your sister is her name. So yes, Sophie, Sophie. Mm-hmm. And she, she would want to be involved. I think she was only like two or something. Yep. She was, very, right. she was very naughty. She's very cute. Uh, <laughs> but she wanted to so be involved. And so we would, like, if you were low, we would have, like, Sophie get a snack too. And, you know, so she felt like she was part of the she game. She was included. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I must have been like seven or so. And cool. so how old were you? You were in high school? I don't like, think I was in high school yet. Okay, so you were a lot younger. So this is what I remember that's so funny about it. I remember one time you were over, and I, I don't even know if you babysat me that many times, but one of the times I remember, like, your mom called you while you were there to, like, check in and see, like, how you were doing and, like, what you needed. And I just remember thinking, like, why is her mom checking on her? Like, Marissa's an adult. She doesn't need help right now. No, I was still pretty young, I think, <laughs> young enough to wear, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I was at least high middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now looking back I'm like yeah that actually is pretty young but I did not see you that way at all you were like the person I wanted to be um (laughs) it's funny so now we have our babysitter list I think you're aware of and we have almost 1500 sitters now across the country which is wild um and we have a lot of people like want to be on the list from a younger age and we allow them to as long as they disclose that information and I think it's still so helpful for parents even if they're home at the time like just to have Mm -hmm. someone there helping out in the background and also obviously you made such an impact on me when I was younger I did not have type one friends and I think you were the only person for a while at our Mm -hmm. school that also had it and so I didn't really think it was cool to go to diabetes camp I I was pretty shy when I was younger too so I didn't do well in really big group settings Um, so it was so helpful and meaningful for me to have someone that I could just look up to and, you know, that ultimately inspired me to continue or to start babysitting when I was in college and then type one together came to be. So first of all, I want to formally thank you for doing that for me. That's so sweet. Well, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you because I discovered you again, like through Instagram and I was just like, oh my god this is Raquel like I'm, I'm feeling like I want to cry a little bit because like, I was just so touched with all you're doing for the diabetes community and I'm just I'm just really proud of you and like the woman you've become and I just thank you it was it was so fun babysitting you when you were little and I think it's so cool that you're doing this to where other people can have that same experience because it was it was great for me too like I also didn't have a lot of type 1 friends I did end up going to diabetes camp, which was fun. But like in normal life, you really don't meet a lot of other type ones unless you seek them out. And so it was really meaningful for me too to have you in my life. Yay. I'm so glad. Um, So because you were diagnosed at such a young age, I feel like there's so much you could probably share about that experience and what it's been like to really live with type one for almost your whole life now. So for all the parents listening can you share about number one, do you even remember life without it? And is that something that's hard for you? I don't remember life without it. And honestly, I feel like it's a lot easier, truthfully, um, because I'm just like, I don't know anything different. I've always, you know, counted my carbs and and Mm -hmm. done the math in my head. And so it's, I never really felt like I was missing out. Um, I do remember sometimes when I was little being on shots and like being at a birthday party and getting like a different snack than other people. And that was a bummer. Um, But overall, I feel like it really, it it hasn't made it harder for me. It's made it a lot easier because I really don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Yes, I agree. I have so many moments even recently where I'll be doing like changing my pump site or something that is just such not a normal task. And I forget that it's not normal. And I'm like, wait, you're really just like whipping out your needle, like changing this site. And it just feels like nothing. And yeah, I think it's just that it's been a part of our lives forever. And so like that sounds sad, I feel like to a lot of parents, but it's really kind of nice that we don't. I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't I don't find it sad. I just I find it helpful. And I'm I would much rather, you know, I have a friend who was just diagnosed like recently and he's, he's 35 and he, it's like so much harder for him because he has had his whole life being normal Mm -hmm. and and it's different. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I don't feel like I lost anything. 100%. Yeah. That has to be so hard, like living your whole adult life Mm -hmm. and then having to start counting everything. Yeah. Um, are there any things that you're 
family did growing up that you really loved and then like looking back you're like oh this was really helpful in my overall journey with diabetes or things that you're like oh maybe this could have been done differently only if you're comfortable sharing yeah (laughs) um I think it's it's different too because like there was not as much freedom when I was a kid Mm -hmm. with diabetes it's like you had your carb count for the day you had your shots for the day you didn't really go over because there wasn't the freedom of the insulin pump and the Omnipod um but yes. something that my mom did that was fun for like Halloween or for Easter, you know, very candy oriented holidays. Mm-hmm. Like my brother would go Easter egg hunting and find candy, but I would find like little presents. And like, Aww. I remember there was like a big present at the end that I really wanted. And, and it's like, I would get some candy, you know, and we would bolus based on that, but yeah. it, she made it to where I didn't feel like I was getting left out. And, yes. and I felt like, oh, look, like I'm getting something tangible that I can keep forever. And so that was really cool. Yeah. It's almost like you got something special. Yeah. And it wasn't about diabetes. It was just about making the day special. Yeah. I love that a lot. And okay. I believe that you live with some other autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Because I know that's also very common in our community. Yes. I, ha- I got a, I hit the jackpot on autoimmune illnesses. I have lupus. I have um, psoriatic arthritis. I have fibromyalgia. I have endometriosis. I have Sjogren's syndrome. Just a lot of like chronic pain conditions Mm -hmm. that kind of just came over time. Um, I think the first time I felt pain, I I was about 11. And I think that was probably getting to the point where we stopped uh, seeing each other is like, I started getting really sick. And, and so I was yeah. like kind of out of school and kind of just dealing with all that stuff. Okay. So was a lot of that, or was any of it before you got type one or it was all after? It was all I guess after. Was like I was 11. After. Okay. That was the first time. Mm-hmm. And has that, I mean, I don't know enough about all of those necessarily, but would you say that that stuff has almost been harder than type one, if you could even compare? Definitely. I mean, type one is hard, like for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I was so used to it that these new illnesses that came were just so different and feeling chronic pain is just very, very different than um, diabetes and, and a lot more just noticeable to me Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was definitely hard and I've been thinking a lot about this idea lately of how everything is so connected to our blood sugar even when we don't realize it like obviously like our stress and adrenaline like that stuff's starting to be talked about a little bit more at least online but everything like even just in our relationships and our like day-to-day right and so and our hormones like that is huge and um, I was diagnosed with PCOS at one point. Mm-hmm. Now I've been told that I don't have, it's been confusing, but I definitely had some hormone stuff going on. And during yeah. that time, blood sugars were really hard to control. And so yeah. I'm curious, like, do you have anything to share about the way that those things have integrated and affected diabetes or vice versa? Like, have they made yeah. each other harder? They definitely, they just like bounce off each other all the time. So like, if I'm in pain, my blood sugar rises. If my blood sugar rises, I'll feel like I'm in pain. And so it's just like, it's, it's like, you got to be so on the ball. Um, it's tough, but yeah, definitely with pain, the blood sugar gets a lot crazier. Gets crazier. So do you, 
I would guess it's like a pretty high priority for you to try to keep your numbers also. Yeah. Because yeah. it's also harder for your body to heal when your blood sugars are high, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when you're like inflamed, it makes sense that your, you know, your stress levels are up, your cortisol levels are up and your blood sugars are just tough, tough to control. And another weird thing is that a lot of the, you know, the cures for the illnesses that I have are steroids. And so, you know, like with type 1 diabetes, you can't do steroids or if you do, they just like totally mess up your blood sugar. So that's, that's been a hard thing to navigate as well. Talk about that, please, because this is a big thing where people will say like, oh, my child has, or, you know, they have to take steroids and all of a sudden they're 400 all day. What do you do? Or do you just not take them? I mostly, I just don't take them. Um, There are times when I've had to take them and I just, you just have to keep giving insulin, but it's almost like nothing's happening and 400 for like a week and it's whoa yeah it's it's, steroids are crazy like they really affect your blood sugar and so i but sometimes it's worth it sometimes it's worth it you know i've had some like nerve blocks or like things to do with with pain and they have to have integrate steroids in there for some reason i don't know um with that it's like you just do your best (laughs) you just give insulin all the time change your pod like every two days instead of every three days because you're just running out of it and and yeah I think it's just it's one of those situations where you just do your best and that's all you can do for sure so do ketones come up with that or no because you're giving so much insulin no they I mean I I'm sure they do I I'm not 100% but I know (laughs) I know that times yeah yeah wow Okay, sorry. I'm just going at it with the questions. This is very fascinating. Um, but I'm also sorry that that like you have to deal with all of that at once. That's a lot. Do you have other autoimmune? Do you have family members with autoimmune things happening, or was it random? You no, know, I'm I'm just lucky. You're the lucky one. Lucky. Well, you've also started to share a little bit about your journey online too, right? Uh, yeah. I just is there much? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. May as well. Yes. I agree. I mean, it, it's so comforting. I think it's healing to share about things online. Like it can be cringy sometimes, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, through talking about it with other people, I'm able to feel like it's less of a burden, I think. Yeah. And so I just try to focus on that and keep moving forward because ultimately it's helping other people too. So yeah. I love that. That's what um, I is, is I'm also just like meeting people I wouldn't otherwise meet who have a lot of the same conditions. And it's like, sometimes it's, you don't really want it to be like a, a whining fest. You know what I mean? Like you don't yes. want to focus on the negative, but like there are times when it's just really nice to meet people who are struggling with the same things you are and mm-hmm. can support you in a way that, you know, a lot of people in your life don't know how to. Yeah, I agree. Um, and with all of that, are there like big communities with the other conditions or is it really just type one that has like such a big presence? I feel like now type one has probably the biggest presence. I feel like, um, which is awesome. I love that. Um, you know, other, other communities exist, but I haven't really found a bunch and like a lot of it's, it's weird because like a lot of my conditions are very rare or like people don't have a lot of them together. And so it's, it's hard to find you know, the exact right community to fit in. But like, I like being yeah. a part of like several of them. <laughs> yes, you don't have to choose. You can yeah. totally be part of all of them, mm-hmm. for sure. 
Can you share a little bit about like the handoff of diabetes? Again, you're diagnosed so young, so your parents were likely very, very involved. Yes. Um, and then how did that transition go into adulthood? And do you still like talk with your mom about your blood sugars at all? Does she follow your Dexcom? Anything like that? <laughs> like she'll she'll still ask me, you know, like how are your blood sugars? You know, she doesn't really mm-hmm. ask a lot, but you know, if I'm sick, <laughs> she'll just be like, you know, did you check your blood? And I'll be like, yes. Um, <laughs> but I think I was very, I really wanted to take care of my diabetes when I was young. I remember I was giving shots at four and like testing wow. my blood sugar at three. Cause I was just like very independent. I was like, this is my thing. Yes. Um, and so I, remember, you know, getting a lot of praise for, you know, giving my own shots and just feeling really proud of myself. And so I was pretty much taking care of myself from an early age. Of course, my mom and dad were still very involved and, you know, um, but I, yeah, I really liked doing it on my own. You took it on. I think this is a really important perspective to share because I also, started to take things on early not as early as that at all but I think by the time I was 10 maybe and I but by the time I had a pump like I was like I can do this I can press the buttons I don't need you to do this all for me and that does not mean I was doing the best job at it but (laughs) I was able to take it on and that's just kind of the personality that I have and we get a lot of questions from parents about like they don't want to feel like they're putting it on their child, right? But I think it is so true that some kids just want that. And it is such a personal, intimate thing to be dealing with. Sometimes we don't want someone else to be in our face all the time with it, right? Right. And yeah. I, felt like I felt pretty proud of myself. And this was something that I was like, you know, this is this is something that I have control over, even though it's like you feel so out of control with diabetes. Yeah. Um, when I was able to give my own shots, I was just like, you know, this is me being in control to the best that I can. And you were giving shots. I mean, you were young. I, I didn't give my own though. Right. I think you did. Did you not? I don't know. I just remember that I was very particular about who could give me a shot. Yeah. So I probably would have let you because I knew that you knew how to do it. Yeah. But it was like my school nurse, my mom, like one of my friend's parents, I would have sleepovers at her house, but only her house because she knew how to give shot or she was a doctor. I think. Yeah. I was terrified of people coming at me with needles which can you blame me some people that don't give it right i mean it's like you yes got, you gotta do it you know quick like in in there like you can't yes. like slowly put it in and, you know it, there's an art to it so i totally understand that yes yeah i guess I, that's interesting i'll have to ask my mom if i ever did get my own shots to this day i hate giving myself shots yeah <laughs> like i really the thought i don't know like for some reason changing my sight doesn't feel as weird but sometimes pushing the insulin in is what hurts yeah you know yeah what kind of insulin do you use now i use novolog Novolog. i switch between novolog and fiosp have you heard of that one i have heard of it i've never tried it though yeah it's like the faster acting one uh but it's annoying because like in certain pumps i think it is approved for the omnipod but for it's not approved for tandem because it will crystallize in the pump after a few days and so you have to change the pump more often i see um but you can feel it going in like there's something about that insulin like i guess lantus is like that too where you can feel it kind of burning burning. yeah yeah not very fun so it's yeah i will do a sight change over give a shot like if my pump's not working i'm like i'm not going to give myself a shot (laughs) to this day i never give shots anymore 
Yes. Okay. So once you were, it sounds like in high school and stuff, you were pretty much doing it all and your parents really respected that and kind of let you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's amazing. Again, really hard for them to do. I think (laughs) like sometimes it's harder (laughs) on the parents. I know. I mean, it's still hard for my mom to, to just, I mean, she trusts me. I know she trusts me, but I think for her, it's like, she wants to make sure that she's doing everything she can to make sure I'm okay. And so I think it is, it is like, there's a delicate balance between like being helpful and then like trying not to overstep. Um, I don't envy that as a diabetic parent. Yes. No, not at all. Someone put yesterday in one of our mental health Monday stories in the little question box, they put that something about them feeling like they're, they're worried about their daughter worrying about their feelings. Right. And I resonate with that so much because it's like as a daughter of a type one parent, like I do worry a lot that my mom is worrying a lot yeah. and she worries that I am not doing well. You know, it's like this constant like circle and cycle of worry, but ultimately it's not really helping any of us. Uh, my mom does follow my Dexcom right now, but we have like rules in place. <laughs> That's probably a good idea to have some boundaries. Yes, I don't think it would be necessary at this point, but we had those put in place like for college time because that's when I first got the Dexcom and I was like, you don't need to bug me all the time. And so she would only contact me when I was under 55. Does anyone follow you right now or you feel pretty confident? My boyfriend follows me. Nice. (laughs) Mine does too. You're fun. (laughs) Does he like tell you when you're low or anything? Yeah, like if he's not with me, he'll send me a text and be like, wake up, you're low. Yes, you're low, you're low. I get the same. And I'm like, I know, I can feel it and I see it. Yeah. It's so sweet. Does it bug you at all or do you feel like it's sweet? No, I feel like it's sweet. I feel like it's sweet. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's it's amazing and supportive. Intimate thing to like share your blood sugars with somebody. I know that sounds so (laughs) weird, but like, I don't know. It's like very personal and it's I agree. nice to have someone who cares enough to be like, Hey, are you, are you dying? Like, do you need yes. something? I completely agree. It's something that I guess people could judge us off of too. Like if you think of it that way and hopefully everyone is with supportive partners that would not do that, but it's like, you're opening yourself up to a lot of questions, a lot of conversations that maybe you don't feel like you have the energy to have. And yeah, just like the constant, yeah, just letting them into that to yeah. be able to see everything you're doing. Because sometimes it does feel like our blood sugars are our fault, even though half the time they're not and there's nothing we could have done. But yeah. I was thinking yesterday about how we <laughs> have so much control over our diabetes and we don't. And that is the most confusing concept because it's like, okay, the effort you put in does matter. And half the time, the effort you put in is not going to get you where you want. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy, but it's so true. Yeah. It's, so with the other autoimmune things that you mentioned, do you feel like it's a little more simplified? Like the input, like if you do this, you're going to get this result or is it all kind of variable like diabetes? It all, it just depends on the day. And just like you said, like hormones and stress mm-hmm. and and just anything just affects everything. So it's yes. really just like a different, a different day every day. <laughs> Do you have any tips for people that are dealing with multiple things um, just on how to like stay positive about it? Um, I think definitely there's days that you're going to have to know that you aren't going to be positive. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think staying positive is my goal, but there's days when I allow myself to just be like stewing and just be like, this isn't fair. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But then you get over it and you're like, you know, 
this is life. You can live it whatever way you want. You can live it in agony or you can live it positively. And I think it's better for my health and, and my sanity to try to be as happy as possible. And, and, but also allow myself to have those days where I do feel sorry for myself and I do, you know, just feel negative. Yes. You have to, because otherwise you're kind of lying to yourself. I mean, I can speak for that even with just diabetes, you have to let yourself have the low moments in order to give yourself a chance to be positive. I think definitely if you don't go through those feelings, then yeah, it's just, it's not going to end well. They're just going to stay inside and one day they're just going to all come out. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, any other last thoughts or advice that you would give to parents of kids living with diabetes, really anything? I think I have two things of two points of advice. The first one is that I really, uh, I really loved going to diabetes camp. Um, Mm. that was a really great part of my life. Um, just meeting other people with diabetes and just really just, it wasn't even about diabetes because it's like everyone did the same thing. We all checked our blood sugar at the same time. We all gave insulin at the same time. Um, but it was just like, getting together and meeting new people and not thinking about diabetes, even though it was a diabetes camp, it was like, yes, it was just part of part of every day is just taking Mm -hmm. care of it. And so it was really helpful for me to find people who are going through the same stuff, but like, we could really bond and have fun. And the other, the other advice I would give is just to not strive for perfection, because I don't think there is such a thing, especially with diabetes. It's like, you just got to do your best and that's all you can do. And some days it's just like, you gotta, you know, throw your hands (laughs) Let it go. Today is ruined. Yes. (laughs) I don't know what my blood sugars are doing, but I'm doing my best. It's not like I'm giving up, but also it's just like, you can't, you can't be perfect. And I think if you try to be, it's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And it's so unrealistic to be perfect. Even people without diabetes do not have a straight line all the time. Right. And there's no point, in my opinion, in trying so hard to have perfect blood sugars and not living your life. Like, what are you doing all that work for? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. It's like, it's a full-time job anyway. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's so much work. But, you know, you got to live your life. You got to be happy. You got to be a normal human. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And what diabetes camp did you go to? I went to Camp Sweeney. It's in Gainesville, Texas. Yeah. Yes. I actually just connected with them. I'm going to have a call with them next week to see how we can try to spread the word about their camp to everyone because I've heard such great things about Sweeney. I was terrified to go as a kid because I didn't want to go to overnight camp. I went to like the day camp. Yes. Overnight camp is scary and it was three weeks. So it was kind of a long time, but but I've heard it so fun. It was life changing and I'm still friends with, you know, my camp friends and it's that's so cool. really great. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're gonna have more diabetes camp resources for everyone as we get closer to summer because that's a really big thing that we want to start to spread the word about. Um, and any reasons that you think anyone should join our type one babysitter list or uh, try to find a babysitter off of our list? Because it's awesome. Um, I think that there's like nothing better for a parent than knowing that your kid is in safe hands. And it's like, you can, Mm -hmm. you can tell someone about diabetes, but like, 
if they are actually experiencing it, it's it's a totally different ball game and and it's so just helpful. And it's helpful for the babysitter, it's helpful for the kid. I think it's just like a great a great bond that you just can't get anywhere else. So I I treasure the days that I had with you and I'm just so excited to get to talk with you again. It was the best. Wow. I just, yeah, I can't believe, like, <laughs> I feel like I've been transported back to being like, eight years old in that house. It's so funny. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Before we leave, we always do a blood sugar roll call at the end, if you don't Ooh, mind okay. sharing yeah. your blood sugar. I am, let me get it up on my screen. Me too. I am 153. Oh, can you even see it? There we go. Yes, there we go. I am 129. I really cannot thank you enough for coming on. Guys, this was the most random thing. I remember when you followed me a long time ago and I was like, whoa, like she found me. She must think this is all so weird. <laughs> I built this whole community. <laughs> and then like I had thought about it a while ago when we started the podcast. I was like, how cool would it be just to like pick your brain on how that all went down? Um and then, yeah, it just, it happened so organically. So thank you for being, being so willing to just like catch up with me on a live podcast. Um, and we'll stay in chat for a couple minutes, but to everyone else, we will see you next Tuesday and thank you for being here. Thank Bye. For having me.